The Brandom Podcast. Welcome to The Brandom Podcast with Brandon Jones. You can find out more about me at Brandon Jones Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Or follow the band at BrandonJonesBand.com on Facebook and Instagram. What's Brandom anyway? Ladies and gentlemen, now the host of your show, Brandon Jones. What's up, everybody? Long time no talk. Um, Brandon Jones here. I've got a really good friend of mine, Summer Day, Summer Day Sones, sitting in, oops, I don't have your microphone on. I had the other microphone on. For some reason, I thought you were three, because I forgot that one's two. Oh, yeah. So now you're on. Everything's everything's golden. Um, I brought you in. I wanted to talk with you. Uh, You know, we're on the roadhouse together. We work here together on the daily. Um, And you... I want to talk about suicide. So recently, a really good friend of mine, um, the family, everything about it, I feel like they're family to me. They're very close to me. I hold them like at the, the highest you can. You know, like how you, you've got friends in your life. Yeah, but they're family. You've got, yeah, exactly. You've got good friends. You've got great friends. You've got like best friends. Mm-hmm. And then you've got friends that are like a different kind of category. And, and that's where these guys are to me is it's like family. I've okay. known them for so long. They've been in parts of my ups and downs of life. They've just, I've just known them. They've watched me grow like my family, yeah. you know. So I say all that because that's where these people are in my life. And unfortunately, uh, one of them, uh, her husband, uh, committed suicide recently or lost his battle to depression, right? And I I bring you in because – and we'll get into this. We'll get into your story soon. But what I want to get into on this episode or talking to you about is the the difference in in people. I struggle – with the fact that I don't have that level of depression in my life. I don't think that way. Okay. And there was also a point in my life where I was like, um, when suicide would happen or something like that would happen, I'd be like almost mad at that person. I I don't know how to describe this. So I'm kind of learning as I go, but almost mad, like how selfish of them, you know what I mean? Like that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I get that, and but that's not a bad reaction. Yeah, it's it's truly not because everybody's yep. going to react to suicide in every way, in yeah. every different way, you yep. know. So, and there is yep. that, you know. I'm a little angry that this person did this because why? Your life wasn't that bad. No, but you yourself, you don't know no. what they were going through. You don't. So it's hard to. Yeah get past that and that's i want to kind of bridge that gap because mentally i don't know what that's like i've Mm -hmm. never once had a thought in my mind of well i could just do this you know it's never once is that i've had some i've had you know i struggle like in elementary school middle school and stuff like that i had some times where like my parents had gotten a divorce or it it wasn't like that it was like the the little things i suppose those were uh, I mean, like maybe the darkest of days when I was younger, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I went through some depression there, but not like that. I went through it. I struggled with it. I might throw temper temper tantrums or I might, you know, when I was a child. And then as an adult, you know, when I went through like my divorce and stuff like that, there was times there where it was really hard. It was just difficult because your life you knew all of a sudden the rugs pulled out from underneath you and who I thought was going to be my wife for the rest of my life isn't anymore. So it was difficult, depressing, definitely something to go through, but never once in any of those darkest of days of me having, you know, the worst days of my life in quotes kind of situation was I like, well, 
this is it for me. And I mean, never once. Yeah. And so I struggle with that. So I want to like help a person who's like me understand, because you are a survivor uh, of that, to like when I'm around somebody who is also a survivor, when mm-hmm. I'm communicating with somebody who is that way, when well, things you shouldn't say, things that you could say or 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 help not help. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. What, what do you do? So I, I'm going to say is the biggest thing that I took away from like my story and my situation, which we should, we should get into if it's okay, but, yeah. but go ahead. Um, well, okay. So we'll just dive in. I lost my son about five and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. His name was Ethan. Well, his name is Ethan mm-hmm. and he was 12 when he took his wow. life. That's young. That is young. And, um, I'm still in the, I'm still going through the stages of grieving. Some days are mm-hmm. better than others. And then there's days that just totally knock the sail out of my wins and I can't get up. I can't get out of bed. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's the thing about suicide and grief is it's not linear. It's not just a straight line. You don't have, there's not a direct path to get to the end mm. um, because it is so tragic. So it's a lot of ups and downs and you take five steps forward and 15 steps backwards. Mm-hmm. So it's just a process and learning how to get through it yourself. Yeah. Um, I did not handle my son leaving as well as I would like to think that I did. Um, I'm to a really good place now to where I think that I can help others with my yeah. situation. But I know that getting to where I'm at now, it was not a good, it was not a pretty road. It was ugly. There were drugs. There was me attempting. There was, it was, it was a rocky road, but I'm here now. So that's, yeah. that's that. Well, and, 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 and that's crazy because I mean, one that's young and were you, that was your only son at the time right or no nope, nope. because because yep. your children that, that i know are older than that so yeah. yeah so ethan he was 12 and then i had cooper he was six when his brother passed hmm. so it's i That's think tough. he took it the hardest and lily she was only three going on four mm-hmm. and i don't think that she knew what was happening you know yeah. what I mean? And it's I still young, yeah. still think to this day that she has some mixed feelings about it and mm-hmm. not necessarily knowing what exactly happened. I'm very open with my kids now. They both know that their brother died by suicide. Mm-hmm. So, and we talk about it. We talk to him. It's mm-hmm. so they're grieving as well, but they're on a good journey too. So yeah. we're doing okay with that. But yeah, there were no signs. There were no signs. He left no note. There was nothing. I do mm. know that... Before it all happened, I had gotten into a new relationship. I got married real quick, fast, in a hurry, and we had to leave our state that we were living in, and we mm-hmm. moved to Spearfish. Mm-hmm. And in a matter of two weeks of living in Spearfish, that's when my son ended up committing suicide. Jeez. So it was very quick. Everything just happened very fast. So wow. I think that that was a lot, had a lot to do with it, was taking him out of his comfort zone yeah. and away from his people uh-huh. because we were, you know, three hours away, three and a half hours away from our family. Yeah. Everything so he'd done. Just, yeah. I think it was a lot for him. And yeah. I mean, that I don't have a lot of answers on that one. Like yeah. why or how, or I mean, I have well, how, but I don't know why I yeah. will never know why. Yeah. And, and maybe I, and who, I don't know if anybody needs to, I that's, guess. That's I just know. it is if I were to like find a note now, yeah, I don't think that I would read it if, because yeah. I think that it would just set me back. You go all the way back to that same day kind of thing. Yeah. 
Well, it's got to be difficult. I mean, in in my life, I've never I've never had to deal with it. I've never had family members or a best friend or uh, any of my children or anything like that. Uh, significant other, nothing. And the closest to me is like my my friend uh, Morgan, who I grew up with. Um, she she was murdered um, in the Walmart parking lot here in Rapid City. A lot oh. of people knew her. She was extremely popular, and. Uh, and that's about the closest to like death. I had a, another really good friend named Ed who was involved in a he they rolled their car over uh, a bridge had washed out and they rolled over mm-hmm. into the water and and we you know they passed away then that was sudden. Both of them were sudden and that's the closest I've been to it other than like you know like my uncle from cancer and just things like that but that was stuff that like I wouldn't say um you know, there's been obviously like my grandpa's when I was way young. You, those are things like when the people get older or when they get cancer, it, the, the only positive side of that is that you, you see it coming, Yeah, I guess, where unfortunately like, like a suicider, you don't, you know, or maybe with like Amy, who we work with, like, like her stepson, uh, you know, and other people who are struggling mental health wise, you, you don't think suicide's ever going to happen, but you can see that they're struggling. You try to help them. Yep. And that's that's kind of like I guess my thought is I I want to be a, a hand in that and helping because our suicide rate is ridiculous. Yeah, here in South Dakota, here in Rapid City alone it, is outrageous. It's it's hitting way too close to home, and it's like how do you tell somebody? How do you educate somebody to know that it's not the answer? You know. Well, that's where that's hard that and, and you can't, I don't think I don't think that you can if, if you know somebody's struggling, all you can do is be there for them. You can't mm-hmm. be like, man, you got to know that your life's worth this or, you know, you can't yeah. do that because then you then you're almost guilt tripping them. Does yeah. that make sense? Like, okay. You it don't, does, you don't it does want to make them explain it that way. You don't want to make them feel worse than what they're already feeling. Like they're and like, oh. you may see their life and think that their life is just fine. Like, oh, yeah, well, you got a flat tire today. Like, is that really so bad? And to them, it might, it, that might yeah. be so bad. That might the be the straw that broke the camel's back. And I know that. And I'm not a professional. I'm not a psychiatrist. I didn't go to school for any of this. Yeah. This is just all firsthand knowledge. I did put in some time at the front porch coalition mm-hmm. so i've got a little insight there but i do believe that mental illness has a lot to do with suicide yeah. rates and um that's you just never know you never know what somebody's darkest day is and to you that dark day like i said may not be a dark day to you but it is the darkest day to them right so that's always just remember to be kind because yeah. you never know well, and that's the hard part for me, too, because growing up for me, like your my darkest day or the hard like flat tire situation, yeah. you know, it was buck up. Don't be a pussy. You know, exactly. come on. Quit being a pansy. Fix that. Don't be crying around. Let's mm-hmm. go. And that worked for me. You know what I mean? Like as in you're right, you're right. Oh, you're right. I'm going to quit crying around. It was just a flat tire. Using the flat tire as the example. All right. You're right. Yep. And, and I would move on from it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's me. Mm-hmm. And then you you mentioned like mental health being a huge part of it. And people kind of, I think when you say mental health, people are like, whoa, 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 my, you, hey, my, my, my husband, my wife, my sibling, my sister, my brother, they don't have mental health issues. Well, there's so many different levels of that. Yeah. Right. Of course they can, they're fully functioning. They're extremely smart. They, but mental health also slides into like depression well, or anxiety. 
Yeah. That's something that people don't really consider that that anxiety can be crippling. Yeah. And somebody can have such bad anxiety that even waking up in the morning throws them into you know a turmoil and they don't know what to do yeah so that's their option and it's just it's sad but that's kind of reality you know it is and, it, and it's weird how i've worked at places where i've watched somebody who i i don't know mm-hmm. i don't know if that person struggled with any sort of mental stuff like we're talking depression yep. anxiety i don't know but as co-workers and in a tough men environment, you know, yeah, quit being, you're so, such pussy, get that stuff done. Yeah. Come on, what's your problem? You're late again? Jeez, come on, you know. And that's the conversation. You don't actually know that. And I don't know. It doesn't seem like it. They Nothing ever ended badly. But you don't really know. Are you picking on a guy that is, you don't want to be the straw that broke the camel's back. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, and and that's kind of sometimes I'm extremely guilty of that because of the way I am. I don't have that struggle. And the way I was raised, uh, I don't feel it was wrong, but I don't really, I've never had to take into consideration that. Yeah. That aspect of another human being, their thoughts, their feelings, their their mental struggles. I don't know where they've been, what they've been through. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I think we all are like that because it's not a comment. That's not something that we we think about consciously you know yep. when you're talking to somebody and you're bullshitting and just like yep. doing the thing it's you're not thinking about oh crap i wonder if that guy was having a really bad day today yeah and if what i just said is going to push him over the edge yep like we don't we don't think about that we're nope. just having a conversation but that is something that we need to start being a little bit better about all of us in general yeah. just about how people are do- doing in life because you truly never know like, yeah, you truly don't. You don't know what anybody else is going through. And I know, like, my last episode was talking about people and their shitty driving. Oh, yeah. You know, and how people will per- cut you off on purpose or then tail you mm-hmm. or whatever, road rage. And you're like, dude, you have no idea what somebody's going through. Or they're purpose- purposely block you from going. And, and in a way, that's kind of like the driving version of life. It's like, why are you being a, a dick? Why are you yep. tailing me? Why are you cutting me off, slowing me down on purpose to make yourself feel better? Because why? Like, what are you, what are you trying to achieve here? You know? Well, and I think that's just the way society has always been. Quite honestly, you know, yeah. it's like survival of the fittest. Yeah. You know, you, you're, that's just the way it is. And especially, I think, with men in general. Yeah. Like, you got to be tougher than the one before you or the one after you. And you got to give that guy the most shit because that's just the way the totem pole is yep but like i said i just we got to get a little bit better about it yeah. you know just thinking about what we say before we say it and putting other people's feelings into consideration yeah i know that i was really bad with that up until like i still am i'm still getting better at it but since i've had my own struggles with suicide and suicide idolation like because mm-hmm. I've, I've been there i've wanted to you know i'm a lot better now but i'm also medicated Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about the things I was saying to people until those things were said to me. Yeah. And I was like, well, geez, well, do you know what yeah. I'm going through today? Like, do yeah. you know what I've gone through? And you're going to say this kind of crap to me? Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's just putting the shoe on the other foot yeah. kind of thing. Now, let's go back. Um, and and I want to go back to, say, when this was all fresh with your son and and going through that process you say you're still healing Mm -hmm. and i want and i the reason i want to go back to that is i want to know if there's somebody else out there struggling and they're in that time frame that weeks after months after Mm -hmm. what 
did you do? What helped you? What didn't help you? You know what I mean? Like what? Uh, I mean, because you've you've kind of firsthand knowledge. You've had to learn this yep. stuff. You know, was it through Front Porch Coalition? What was it all? Well, the Front Porch Coalition showed up on my darkest day, and that is what they are there for. That is what they are known for. They show up on pe- the people's darkest day. Like you'll mm-hmm. never get darker than that, quite honestly. So, and they kind of helped me through it, but um, quite honestly, I did not lean on the front porch until I moved back to Rapid City several years after. Well, like four, three years after Ethan Mm. passed. Um, I didn't, because I didn't want their help. Okay. I'm very selfish. Right. So what did you do for those, in those those three years? Those three years, I was very, uh, I was living dangerously. You know what I mean? I was driving fast. I was doing drugs. I was not a great parent. I actually gave my other children to their dad because I didn't think I was capable of raising them. Yeah. Because I wasn't capable of taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. And that's something people need to know is that when you are going through something like this, you forget to breathe. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of sometimes, and this is different for everybody, but f- with my experience, I got reckless because I was like, what the hell? What do yeah. I have to lose in- anymore? You know? Yeah. And, but that was that. And finally, I met a wonderful man that kind of helped pull my head out of my ass and realized that I need to live for myself. Yeah. And that's kind of what helped get me through it was learning to just live because you you don't you feel guilty about living right you know any little bit of happiness you have you're kind of like oh i shouldn't be happy because you remember that one thing my son mm-hmm. passed away so now i gotta be sad and people i think you feel like people assume you should just always be sad hmm. and that you don't move on past that yeah but you do and you eventually get there but i know that there were some things that really set me off that people said to me yeah yeah and that was um your son's in a better place now that wasn't good for you. Huh? No, that wasn't good for me. Like, because as a parent, what better place for my son to be than with me? Right. That's true. So you're essentially, they're essentially saying to you, your son's better now because he's not with you. Yeah. Right. Or that's <laughs> yeah. how I took it. Yeah. I'm sure that's not how, how they, they meant, meant it. it. Yeah. But that's how that's, I took it. Yeah. Or, well, God must have had a bigger plan. The, the, yeah. that i don't I, I mean, what do you does that even mean you know i could see that i mean i know that's how a lot of people cope with things and so mm-hmm. in my mind you know i could see the hey he's in a better place when they struggled with cancer or a yes. disease or, or they were 95 years old yep. and you're like hey he could barely walk he's in a better place now you yeah. know okay i gather that but at 12 no yeah no that wasn't <laughs> helpful know? that wasn't helpful at all or like just and I might get some hate on this one, but just pray, just yeah. pray that, I mean, you can, and I get that people lean on spirituality for mm-hmm. certain things, but for me, that didn't help me because yeah. it just, it didn't. The only thing that yep. helped me was knowing that I had other children that I had to take care of. Yeah. And if it weren't for them, I quite honestly may not be here today. Wild. So they definitely helped me with that. Well, and, and that I suppose is, is the ripple effect. I know watching a ripple effect of a of a, a friend's family of some family of mine a death in the, the ripple effect of that death and how it rippled through the family that once was so close mm-hmm. and it just it tore them all apart there's still people who don't talk to each other who lived together and were siblings and rel- and talked to each other daily who now probably haven't talked in oh, yeah. a decade that's the blame game and it's and it's like 
it's because everybody deals with it differently. People react, say things wrong, do things wrong, whatever. And it's and all and it's just like I wouldn't know how to fix any of that. The easy thing to say is don't hold on to grudges so long and you know, call and, and get over it. You know, but it's that's easy to say. I'm not I'm not going through it, you know, so I don't know. My biggest thing to take away from all of it is um, life is too short. Yeah. Like you really never know when your last day with anybody is. Yeah. So make it count and always treat people the way you want to be treated. And, yeah. and I think that that's something that we were taught when we were very young. Uh-huh. And we kind of forgot about it as we were growing yeah. up and getting cool and becoming the little people you, we you were. in the hustle and bustle of life and yeah. you kind of forget about that. Yeah. So, okay. So let's go. So you, three years, now you get involved with the Front Porch Coalition. Yep. I know this from working with you that you actually got involved with the Front Porch Coalition. Yes. As not just as for help, but working there too. Yeah. So let's walk through that and like how, explain in a way that we, maybe if other people are also searching for that help, um, maybe they, some people find satisfaction in helping while they're needing help exactly and so so and that was kind of the thing with the front porch is that i finally got to the point in my life where i thought that i'm okay and i want to make a difference and i want to help somebody because nobody should have to go through what i went through all by yourself and and i didn't i didn't you know i had my family i also did have the front porch that called me every month for a year wow yes they, That's crazy. So when the front porch gets involved with somebody, they show up on their, like I said, their darkest days. Dispatch is usually called the police department, mm-hmm. and the police department calls the front porch. So when officers arrive on scene, they're arriving on scene with the lost team. The lost team is a group of individuals who have been through the same thing that you are about to go through. And so it's firsthand knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And they're there to help the officers kind of maintain um like the scene, I guess, not so much maintain Almost it. Almost be kind of a translator. Yes, just to help guide them through it because they yeah. don't have specialty they, training on it. Well, and they don't know probably either. I'm guessing like if I was a cop and I showed up, I'm like, hey, okay, uh, this is a, a crime scene. I've got to go through my steps of securing the scene and i've got it might be kind of cold and brutal yep that's okay, what I i've got to get somebody in here to we've got to get this body we've got to do this we've got to do that mm-hmm. and that's their they have to work through that unfortunately whether it's a suicide or a car wreck or it doesn't matter right so they've got to get through that and having somebody there that can be like whoa 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 whoa. yeah slow down this let's is a person yeah, yeah let's do this mm-hmm. you know uh that's cool but they stay with that family for the first year And they offer to go to funeral services. So when I was with the front porch, I've gone to several funerals. I have gotten people out of jail to go to funerals Mm -hmm. of their loved ones that they lost. Um, You're just an advocate for the family because a lot of the times they aren't still thinking clearly. So you're just kind of that breath of fresh air for them to help them with that and to remind them to breathe. That is the biggest thing is to remember to breathe because yeah you just hold your breath for a long time it feels like that's something i've always thought was weird too just the way and i don't know if it's just america or it's how we do it but the, the whole death doesn't matter how it seems like that next day or two they're like okay so what are we doing here yeah you've got to like plan this service a, a, a celebration of life some call it a, a, whatever you want to call it doesn't matter but you've got to somehow have to organize this thing for people to come to you've got to put a thing in the paper you got all this crap i'm like man i wish we would find a better way of doing things because nothing's worse than it doesn't matter the 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 death you know a a friend of mine 
uh, lost his wife recently and like could you ima- i couldn't imagine doing that and then within the week i have to figure out how to get a funeral so other people can come and grieve with me mm-hmm. at this at a place and is it a viewing is it a this is it you know you gotta it's like man there's gotta be a better way to do this yeah and that's where the front porch would come in handy when somebody passes by suicide yeah as they're there to help you with that because there's so many different options and so many different ways to handle it and they're just kind of there to help you give to give you your options and weigh them out with you and to also if you need a break they're there to help you with that break Uh too like if you need your dishes done we're going to do your dishes. Wow. If you need your kid watched for a while so you can take a nap, guess what? We're going to babysit that kid. Yeah, because I suppose, I mean, we're talking about as adults, I mean, the children got to go through it too. Yep. You know, and you, you said your son was six, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like somebody's got to be there to help. One, you need to take a break from said six-year-old. Six-year-old's trying to figure out what's going on, doesn't know how to deal with emotions, mm-hmm. doesn't know what's going on, kind of knows what's going on, is mad at the world, you know, you, like a like a baby that cries when they're hungry because they don't know how to say, "Hey, I'm I'm hungry. Can you make me up some exactly. applesauce?" They don't know how to say they're just gonna cry, you know, yeah. uh, you know all of that. How did that How did that work out for you guys? I mean, that whole process of of learning with each other. You um, know? Well, the most so the front porch had taught me a lot of different things, and one of the biggest things that they had taught me is that you need to be very honest and that you should be very open and use good language so Mm -hmm. one of the things like with language is when you're talking about suicide you shouldn't say and i have done it during this podcast you shouldn't say committed suicide because that sounds like somebody's committing a crime like an evil act or whatever so you shouldn't say that what you should say is they had died by suicide or Mm. they passed by suicide or Mm. they lost their battle with depression or there are different there are better ways to say that yeah so well, that is the, a lot less harsh. Yeah. Yep. So with the kids, that's just, I was very open with them from the beginning that mm-hmm. their brother passed away by suicide and that mm-hmm. he would never come back. Mm. But I did let them know that we could always talk to him because we believe in angels mm-hmm. and my kids still talk to him to this day. We've got the pictures up. We do celebrations and we do like the, the, we release balloons every year on his birthday. Oh, cool. So it's you find your own traditions, you find your own ways to deal with it. Yeah. But my easiest thing, like I said, was just being very open and honest with my kids and mm-hmm. answering the questions they had. They asked like, why did he do that? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer for that one, but he must've been really, really sad. Mm-hmm. You know, there must've been something that was, he couldn't talk about, or he didn't want to talk about to us or, mm-hmm. you know, yep. so it's just, I, I feel like honesty is the key there. With yeah, that helps them. Yeah. And I mean, how do you, do you have the fear of like any of your other kids oh, I'm terrified. having that same, same thought process or, cause you, I mean, you say your life was a little different back then as mm-hmm. far as, you know, the, the, the moving and, and then all of a sudden that happens and then there's the drugs and the running around and stuff like that. So your kids have kind of gone through a lot too. Yep. Now look at where you are and I'm thankful you're here. Um, it's like they've got to see that change. Yep. They've got to see who you are now on a daily basis and how you've grown and who you've become. Um, are you ever in fear? Do you have those kind of conversations with them? I do, definitely. So Cooper, my only other son I have now, my only son, um, he's going to be 12 
Uh-huh. this summer and that was the same age that Ethan was when he passed yep. so I have that and I would like to say that it's an irrational fear but I know it's not irrational no. because losing somebody to suicide you're I don't know what the statistic is but I know you have a greater risk of losing another one to suicide yeah it's just the way the cookie crumbles with that one but I do talk to Cooper about it and he is my shy guy he's very quiet he keeps to himself so I worry I worry a lot about him actually Mm -hmm. and if he's gonna do the same thing that his brother did and he assures me that he won't and we talk and actually Mm -hmm. I have been looking into getting him some therapy Mm -hmm. because I think that's important yeah Um, but it's just I think it's just keeping an open relationship and I have to trust my kids too like i have to believe that they're going to do what's best for them and that's hopefully you know staying alive but shelter them in in some sort of bubble that you know or something well and i did do that i did that right after ethan passed i took away belts i took away doors i took away dog leashes i took away my son passed away by hanging himself so i took away any option that was available yeah and I, i i can definitely uh, man, that would be tough. And that that's my biggest fear is, is like, I feel like my kids are teenagers. I feel like they're strong. And I've been pretty hard on my kids at times mm-hmm. because it, this is where, like, I struggle is, uh, one, I'm, I'm huge into sports and I want my kids to be successful in anything. It doesn't oh, yeah. have to be sports. We all do. And, but like playing a sport and, th- and this is how it works for my family. This could be different in anybody else's families. I want my children to see, to be the best they can be. I feel growing up, I didn't get pushed enough. Okay. My parents were amazing parents and they were great. But if I was like, I came in, I was like, I don't want to play baseball anymore. They were like, are you sure? Like, yeah, I'm just kind of over it. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, I don't give my kids that option. Well, I do, but I mean, it's more like, you signed up. You've been to practices. We're going to play this year out. Yeah. I don't care if you don't like it. You're playing this year out. It'll be practices are hard. And then at the end of it, you know, maybe they're emotional. And I've had I've had times with my son where I'm pushing him so hard and my daughter where I pull them aside. And, you know, and it's like I'm pushing them so hard because I'm like you and in my mind this is me yeah you're talking to yourself i'm I'm thinking yep and i'm thinking to them do not sell yourself short you have not even come close to unlocking your potential Mm -hmm. push harder and be happy with who you are and what you've got do you think we've come here and paid this money to watch you just quit absolutely not yep and so i'm pushing them so hard to succeed at what's the outcome what's the succession i don't know but in my mind, on the other side of it, when you see somebody who has succeeded, you, you see the 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 low hanging fruit would be to say Tom Brady or somebody like that. Anybody that's even played Major League Baseball mm-hmm. to football to basketball, even a collegiate career that was great, they were pushed. They they worked hard. They didn't. They weren't just gifted this ability. Yeah. You know, maybe a little gift, but. They had to do something with it. You don't just show up and play in the MLB, the NFL, the NBA. You have to work at it. Yep. And it took somebody pushing them. And thankfully for them, they were able to channel that and take it somewhere. And so that's my thought process when I'm pushing them as hard as I can is I want them to succeed. In this story or this version, it's sports. 
do it at a job too. Yep, just in life in general. Do you it just at want life them to exceed. Go to school. Yep. It's gonna suck. You're gonna walk into rooms that don't feel comfortable, classmates that hate you. Work harder and be better. Make yourself better. That's how I push my kids. The uh, flip side of it, and to go into our conversation is, I always fear that I'm going too far. Where and where I don't know where that line is. I think that for you, that's just a conversation you need to have with your kids. Yeah. Like you just need to sit, just have that buddy conversation and be like, so sports. Yeah. Do you think I push you too hard? Well, and, and then they're going to give you their honest opinion. Like, just be like, look, this isn't, this isn't a trick question. I'm, you're not going to get in trouble. I'm just, yep. I had a conversation with somebody today and we were talking about pushing kids. And do you guys think that I push you too hard mm-hmm. for me? Ethan was the one that I pushed. Mm-hmm. I pushed him so hard, but that was him too. He pushed himself that hard. He, he wrestled. He played baseball. He mm-hmm. played football. When he when he graduated, well, if when he planned on graduating, he wanted to be a Nebraska football player. Yeah. So the only way to get there is to push. Yeah. So we pushed him. He wrestled. I was that mom that was down on the mat yelling at other kids. Come on, yeah, go. I was yeah, yep. that was who I am. Since my son passed, I have not pushed Let's my other two yeah. because I'm terrified that if I push too hard, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a bad reaction. So I it's yeah. that's a fine slope, you know, it's tricky. What and what's the regression from that? I mean, cuz like I fear I feel like, in, and I'm not throwing shade at my parents, but by not getting pushed, there was a lot of lessons I had to learn as an adult. But you know, I had to be, I had to, I think I finally came into myself as far as pushing myself and realizing I had so much more to offer yep. myself and people around me when I became a little bit older. You know, and, and it was that tough love at a shop or a, a place that I worked at that I'm like, you know, one day I'm like, I'm working as hard as I can. Like, what are they? What? And then I realized, you know, I'm really not. I'm, I'm actually pretty freaking lazy. You know, like it was it was that kind of, it was a switch. And I was like, I, I can be better. Well, I also think that takes just a level of maturity to yeah. get to that point. You know what I mean? Because I know myself like three years ago, I did not push. I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. I just was living life. To, to try to live life. Yeah, without pushing any board boundaries or yep. anything. He was like, nope, this is my comfort area. And now, follow this bubble. today, I'm pushing boundaries. Yeah. I'm doing what I can to just be better and to do better and yeah. for my kids to do better and to be better. I'm slowly pushing them. Cooper plays the drums. Mm-hmm. This is the one thing that I have made him stick with. Because mm-hmm. we did baseball, we did wrestling. Yep. He didn't like it. He was like, nope, I just it's not for me. Well, yeah. The drums are going to be for you because I just bought these and yep. <laughs> you're going to stick with it. Well, and that's like, that's another thing. Like growing up, my parents bought me a guitar when I was 17 that also bought me a guitar when I was younger and I wasted that. I never got pushed in it and I kind of wasted it on my own. And I kept saying, no, 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 I'll just learn on my own. I'll just learn on my own, mm-hmm. which meant I still don't really know how to play the guitar that well. Yes, I can play. I make my living playing music and, and being in here on the radio and stuff, but like the, I should be a lot better at that stuff than I am. Like I really should. I mean, cause I, at 17, I, that's half my life ago mm-hmm. that I've had uh, the, uh, the opportunity to play a guitar that I didn't. Yeah. You know? And so 
that's the hard part. You know, it's like, what do you, and so for like, there's moms and dads out there right now that push their children. And what are, what are warning signs? And I mean, you, you mentioned how yours, there was none from working with other people. Do you, are there, there are signs, signs and, or how, maybe the conversation of suicide like coming up to somebody who there's maybe they don't feel that there's signs if i personally i don't think my kids would do it if i walked up to my children and want to have that conversation what do you think how can how do you start how should that conversation go okay so i think that most kids nowadays it doesn't matter how old or how young they are Mm -hmm. they know about suicide yeah because that's just the epidemic that we have right now yeah so Going into the conversation, like I said, just being very open about it and using very clear language for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. hey guys, so I, we just lost a friend. We lost a friend who unfortunately passed by suicide and I want to talk to you guys about it. And if you've ever had any of these feelings and if you do have these feelings, I want mm-hmm. you to know that you can always come and talk to me. But if you don't feel comfortable talking to me, you've always got your mom. You've always got Megan. You've mm-hmm. always got, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. You've got these people around you who care about you and who love you and who want you to come talk to them. Mm-hmm. So just making sure that they know that that is available. And if they're not interested in that, you know, therapy works wonders for people. It does. So offering that bridge to mm-hmm. that in therapy. But just being very clear and open with them and kind of letting them lead the conversation because, like I said, they already know about it. So it's not new to them. You know, when we were younger, it was new to us. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, the times have changed. And now this is, you know, everybody has been affected by suicide in one way or another, whether or not it's a friend that you don't hang out with anymore. You still, you're going to think about that and remember, oh, man, that's awful. So... You're affected by it one way or another, whether or not you believe it or not. Yeah. How do you, um, we kind of, we kind of talked about it a little bit ago, but like, how should people say if, say if, if somebody wanted to reach out say, oh man, my, my, one of my really good friends, brother just, you know, uh, fell to suicide. So how do I, how do I reach out in a comforting way? How, how I think the best thing that you can do with that is just, you know, I'm sorry for your loss. That's mm-hmm. one of the best things that you can say. Um, don't ever compare it to anything. Don't ever say, I know how you feel because you don't. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you lost somebody the exact same way. You don't know how they feel because it's not you. Um, yeah. But just letting them know that you are there for them. Ask yeah. them if there's anything you can help with. Um, suggest bringing a meal by because mm. that's always really helpful. Yeah. Um, and, if you're depending on how close you are to them, you know what I mean? Cause yeah. sometimes just having somebody present and there with you makes you feel better. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of different things. And I would suggest always reaching out to um, different partners here in the community, like the front porch coalition, mm-hmm. because they have tons of resources. They also have a support group that meets the third Saturday of the month. I think it's the third Saturday. Mm. But and they and they kind of are those survivors or yep. yeah that are, that uh that just they t- talk about it maybe new ways how to whatever yep everybody's at a different level of- nice to be around people who have gone through the same thing you've gone through mm-hmm. so it, you kind of instantly relate to people on that level mm-hmm. you don't feel off put and you know that what you say isn't going to well hopefully isn't going to offend somebody because they've been through the same thing too. Yeah. 
and they might have a better mm, like if you're going through something they might have they might have a better way to go through it right better yeah. suggestions hey, for I, you. I was down that path yep. and i found this whatever it might be that totally helped me and and it's hard right because some people are super religious some mm-hmm. people are not and some people are kind of in between it sometimes this is when people find religion yep. or or walk away or from lose it. it yeah yeah and and i guess so what would you say to somebody if they were listening to this right now and maybe they were struggling with that depression with that that mental health side of things that they maybe they had contemplated you said you've been down that avenue yourself yep. was there something or someone that or that how was it therapy was it what like what do you think you could say to someone and say do this to get help or do this or say this or what i you think know? that there is no right thing like no magic words to say yeah. they, there never will be but just letting people know that you care enough to listen yeah I would prefer to listen to you rant and rave about your shitty bad day than to hear your obituary be read. Yeah. Like people need to know that. And I don't think that when you're going through that and you're at your lowest point, I don't think that you're thinking that you're worth it. Yeah. And I think that that's what got me was I, when I was at my lowest point, I, I didn't believe that I was worth it. And it just, one day it all clicked and I was like, you know what? Shit, this is stupid. I am worth it and I'm not just worth it, but my kids are worth it. And yeah. I need to be here because I can't put somebody through the same thing that I just went through. Yeah. So, um, and just letting them know that there are different avenues for help. There's, you know, there's, there's different therapies, there's mm-hmm. talk therapy, there's medications, there's all sorts of different things and yeah, people. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's tough. I mean, I know if ever if, if ever I could talk to somebody, I, you never know unless you unless you're really with them or you really do know somebody. But it it is that, and and, and some people make life mistakes mm-hmm. uh, that they think are unfixable or un. Oh my gosh, I don't want now. Everyone's gonna know whatever this that whatever. What mistake? It doesn't matter. You you. And I don't want, I don't want to live that. And so maybe that's the avenue they go down. And if, and if that person's listening right now, and maybe you're in that, it's okay. Yeah. Everything is fixable. Yes. Yes. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to get through, but I, it's okay. And there will be better days. This just might be the worst of the days. Yeah. We'll get through this. It's not a bad, it's just a bad day. It's not a bad life. Yeah. Like things do get better. And I know it's really hard to see that when you're so dark and so deep in the dark, but it does get lighter and Mm -hmm. it just, it takes some time. And there are people out there that really do want help and I'm one of them. So if there are people listening, you can reach out to me on social media and I'd be glad to talk to you and to hear your story and to just sit with you in that darkness. Well, and and to guide them in. So what is your social media? My social media is summer day. Um, It's spelled D-E-Y. And I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And yeah. actually, my TikTok is a lot about suicide prevention and suicide awareness. Yes, yeah. you so. do a lot of that stuff. And that's kind of why I brought you in, because I want to be able to bridge that gap. One, I want to be better, more educated in helping. Um, I don't know as if I'll ever be, you know, it's weird, right? Because one time I sat with Bridget and talked with her in a similar situation, and I lost that that interview. But I... but it's weird how some people don't think about other people's mental health and the fact that, you know, 
For instance, the other day I was sitting waiting for my wife to go into a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Somebody was walking out and they did the mention, you know, some people would be like, oh my gosh. And they'll put like the pistol to yep. their head thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh my gosh, just shoot me. This is so annoying or whatever. Right. I don't know. Yeah. But the girl did that. And I thought to myself, wow, like, you know, that some people don't realize just how offensive that might be. Yep. To somebody else. And yeah. it's weird because I've done that a bazillion times. You know what I mean? And and I, I don't know how other people's uh, situation has been. I don't know how people are going to take that. Yep. It's like, you know, and, and that's just an example. Some people say certain things or, you know, oh, if that happened to me, I would just blah, blah, blah. Yep. I would just kill myself. You know, and you're like, really? You know, and I've said that. And it's like, ugh, now you're like, whoops, yep, I've screwed that up. And it's like, we we, we as humans just got to learn, you know, that's that, all we that's, can do. That's all it is. It's just reprogramming ourselves to really think about other people, uh, I think. Well, yeah, and there's other ways too. I mean, it's just like talking about race and stuff like that. Oh, there yeah. was a time in, 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 in this world where talking a certain way was... It was accepted, and now it's like, and, and, and we were like, why would you ever do that? Yep. You know, I couldn't believe anybody ever did. And it's like, I, I think we just have to do that with this as well. Yeah. You know, get to that point where people just don't, we don't we don't talk like that. You know, we, we've got to learn as humans. We've got to adapt, and we've got to move forward to make life better for all of us. Oh, I agree. I yeah. agree completely. Yeah. It's kind of wild. It's, 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 a, it's a tough conversation to have. But it's a conversation that needs to be had. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree with you 100%. And so hopefully if anybody, if any of you guys are listening to this and you want to reach out, Summer Day on social media, Summer with two M's, D-E-Y, <laughs> yes. and uh, and also TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. You obviously find me, Brandon Jones Radio, Instagram, and Facebook. You can get a, get a hold of the Front Porch Coalition. There's always somebody down there yes. that can help you or send you in the correct path whether you think somebody is or you are suffering or if you want to volunteer too because sometimes yep. helping people helps yep so exactly because they're always looking for volunteers that's well, that's one of my life models i've always said is sometimes when i'm having struggles i just realize i need to go help somebody do something that's a really good I, motto a benefit i need to do something if it's like man i'm struggling financially mentally health doesn't matter what my struggle is. It's like, you know what, man, if I go help somebody else, all it's going to do is fill me up with apparently I'm I'm low on feel good juice mm. and I need some more. And yeah. that's how I get it. I like that. Yeah. So, well, thanks. Thank you, Summer. I of really course. do appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to the Brandon podcast. You can always subscribe, follow, and please leave some comments. Also, share it on social media. Tag me in the post. Brandon Jones Radio on Facebook and Instagram. Got something you just got to share with me? Hit me up on my email, Brandon at catradio.com. That's B R A N D O N at K A T radio.com. And as always, we're looking for sponsors. Love you. The Brandon Podcast is hosted by Brandon Jones, produced by Mark Houston, engineered by Chris Jaquist, audio and video mastered by Russ Haddon. If you like what you heard, please rate it five stars and leave a comment. 